0: is doing something amazing in diverse city. I know we want to be in our house and we wanna be amongst our church family, but praise God that God goes beyond What we can see, he goes beyond the brick and mortar of diversity, and he comes to meet his people right where they are, because we are the church. Amen. As we prepare and get ready to do this call to worship, I'm going to have you help me stand up where you are. Hallelujah. Stand up right now. God is stirring up the atmosphere right now. Wherever you are, just put your hands up and get your mind settled on a spirit of worship. Hallelujah, Lord God. We open up this service, surrendering it all to you. We worship you, Lord God. We surrender ourselves, Lord. Whatever it is that you need to happen today to get our attention, we give it to you right now, Lord God. Change the atmosphere. Change our hearts. Help us to seek you like never before. Help us to go beyond whatever we thought we could do to know that with you, anything is possible. Right now, in the name of Jesus, begin to change the atmosphere. Come on, y'all hallelujah start worshiping start speaking praises right now start to encourage yourself start to speak life over your situations come on lord we worship you have your way in this service and i ask that you welcome the praise team into this place it's in jesus mighty name we believe for these things hallelujah and amen praise your name
1: We serve a mighty God, a mighty king. He rules over the whole earth from the deepest cave to the highest hills. He rules over the seas which he made, the land also which he himself formed. Nobody is greater, nobody is mightier than our God. We were created by the works of his hands. So come on, let's just lift it up. Lord your mighty, Lord your mighty. Help me sing it out. Lord your mighty, Lord your mighty. Lord, you mind, Lord your mighty, Lord, you mind, Lord your mighty, Lord, you mind, your
2: Welcome to Diversity, the perfect church for imperfect people. I'd like to welcome our diversity partners, first time guests and those joining us online. Please don't forget to like, share and ask questions. Well, at Diversity, we believe that no matter your background, color of your skin, what you've been through in the past or your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home, on your phone in your car it doesn't matter but guess what we have all gathered together to give who god the glory honor and the praise for he deserves it amen well at this time i want to make you aware of some very important announcements we are a busy church and a lot of great things are happening so make sure you go on facebook and and A lot of communication will come out via text messages, just so you can stay connected. How do you stay connected? By looking for those things that that we join together every week. We have things for our seniors. Seniors meet twice a week. They meet on Mondays and Wednesdays for a prayer call or Bible study. Then we have our kids. All of our kids meet Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. for their Bible study. Kids, don't forget to wear your PJs, bring a sleep buddy, and come ready to learn the Word of God. All of my youth, where are you at? You guys meet on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. for Aftershock Youth Ministry. There will be more communication coming out for their Zoom call and their information, so make sure you listen out for that. Then on Thursday night, we get together and pray. We're a praying church and our prayer team's ready, standing with you in faith and believing that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. So join me, myself, the pastors and and the prayer team on Thursday night at 7 p.m. for a wonderful time just getting into the presence of God. Don't forget it's on Zoom and it's Facebook Live. So make sure to join us via those streams, and we will just have a wonderful time getting into the presence of the Lord together. Then we're going to be right back here on Sunday morning, 1030 for our virtual service. Come on. It's My Fault has been an awesome series. And God has been using Pastor James to just speak the word of God into our life about Jonah and the whale and all the things that he was going through. And come on, if you have enjoyed the series, I'm telling you, I don't want you to miss it because God has a word just for you. So I'm excited for you to join us on Facebook Live or YouTube 1030 on Sunday mornings. I can't wait to see you there. Well, right now, we're going to jump right back in the service as you prepare your heart to give, as Pastor Drew is going to come and lead us into giving through our tithes and our offering. I just want you to get your heart ready. Come on, the Bible says that we need to be cheerful givers. So I want you to get ready to give out of the abundance of what God has blessed you with. So right now, let's get our hearts ready. Pastor Drew is going to come and take us into tithes and offerings.
3: Good morning everybody. It is that time in service where we set our hearts right and uh, we are obedient to Christ and we give of ourselves and our offering and tithes. I just want to encourage everybody today that although we are virtual, um, that God is still faithful. We're not going to let our fear uh, drive our faith. Okay. I know many of us are probably thinking if we can be so honest with ourselves that, Hey, we're virtual, not in the building. I probably don't need to give as much as I did. It's probably not as important, but I'm here to tell you today that in E in uh, the Bible verse of Proverbs 14 and 23, it says all work brings a profit, but mere talk brings poverty. Now, what does that mean? Some of us interpret that as if you don't work, you don't eat. That means that God is telling us, God has given us explicit instruction that we are to continue to give. We are to continue to work. If we don't put in, we're not going to get out. And if what we put in needs to be of quality. It needs to be of, of genuine, of a sincere and dedicated heart. So I encourage you today to know that, yes, we are still virtual. We are going to be virtual for an extended period, perhaps. But it's in these times where God is calling the church to be faithful. Be faithful, continue to show him that you are grateful for what you have now and believing in that uh, the the vision and the mission of the church is still going to go forward. You can text the word diverse city. I'm sorry, the word diverse. uh, Diverse city is the church name. You can text the word diverse to seven, three, two, five, six. Uh, you can also go on to diversity.church. You can scroll down to the donate tab and click on the link and then it'll take you to a place where you can give there as well. Or you can also mail it into 3201 Itasca street and we will get it, but continue to be faithful in uh, your time, your tithe and your talent church. It's in these times where God needs the church the most. So heavenly father, we thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray that you would allow, um, Not fear to, Lord, drive our faith, God, but allow the wisdom, Lord, and the knowledge that, Lord, you have so much more for the individual. Father, you want to promote us. You want to move us forward and launch this ministry into an area, Lord, that's never been seen. So I pray that you would bless the fruit. I pray that you would bless the obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's set our hearts and minds as we go forward in praise and worship.
0: Good morning, Diversity Church. We have the awesome opportunity right now to go into worship. I want you to lift your hands right now. We're going to celebrate our freedom. Bloom, the sun sets free, is free indeed. So lift your hands right now. Give a shout of praise because you are free
1: in Christ. Yes. I want to clap a little louder than before. I want to sing a little louder.
4: Good morning, good morning, good morning, Diverse City family. It is good to see you today. Give me some likes, give me some hearts. At this time, we're getting ready to get into God's words. Thank you to the praise team. Thank you to everyone that's been involved. Um, As you've seen from our memos, from our notes, this has been a challenging week, however, There is one thing I continue to hold on to, is that for us as people, for us as a body, and for us as a church, is that we have to continue to trust the Lord with all our heart, lean not to our own understanding, and acknowledge Him, and He will direct our path. For us at Diverse City, is so important during this season in 2020, as this has been a year of reset and this has been a year of trust. And the trust is understanding that we can follow God even when we can't trace how things have been going for us. 2020 have uh, given many of us Several curveballs, many ups and downs, and as a body of Christ, we are working this together. There is 101 days left in 2020, and I believe it is our best days. While the first 260 days have, may have brought you pain, discomfort, discouragement, I believe God is a God that knows not only how to start a year, but he is with us to be able to finish a year. So at this time, as we get ready to get in the word, please like, please share, please start a watch party. This is our opportunity as one body to be able to host, to be able to spread positivity into our community today. All right, so. At this time, go ahead and locate with me. Um, Shout out to Pastor Virginia. You crushed it last week. We took a pause from It's My Fault. And then this week, we are going to finish the It's My Fault series. My first time ever, my first experience ever of going through one entire book of the Bible every verse every line and every chapter and if you've enjoyed it continue to share give me some hearts and love in the comment we've looked at chapter one chapter two chapter three and we're gonna finish up today with chapter four so go ahead and locate our theme scripture which is jonah chapter one verse 12. if you could go ahead and put this verse on the screen one two three Ready, read. Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon us. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you just bless this message today. I pray that you have your way. Lord, I call forth accountability. Lord, I call forth conviction. And Lord, I call for freedom for your people. So allow us today as we do open heart surgery on your people for us to be changed for the better. Lord, I thank you that you're not limited to a building, that your word has power. Your word can move mountains. Your your word can destroy the enemies. Your word can break the yokes. Your word can break the chains. And Lord, use me in this moment to be a Vessel to be able to bring hope and restoration to your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So let's just do a quick recap. Now, as we explored the book of Jonah, when we looked at Jonah chapter 1, if we want to give it a one liner, let's call it the power of choice. Put that in the comments. The power of choice. So what do I mean by that is that God is always speaking to us. We have the choice, we have the opportunity to be able to decide to listen. And our choices will do one of two things. If we follow God, our choices will take us into the promised land. However, if we choose to disobey God, our choices will lead us into a place of pain, to a place of problems, and to a place of multiple issues. And we saw from the life of Jonah, as he did not choose the place of promise of what God had preordained and designed from him, he chose problems, then we see Jonah get into a predicament. So, Jonah, the reluctant prophet. Jonah is the resistant prophet. Jonah has decided to take his own path. And Jonah, because of his decisions, led him to hit rock bottom. And then we see in Jonah chapter 2, we see the power of prayer. Put that in the comments the power of prayer. So Jonah has hit rock bottom to the point where he's willing to die. And it's at rock bottom where we see Jonah cries out to God. We see Jonah starts to make heavenly transaction and God does not push him away. God does not give him a stiff arm and say, you know what? I've been trying to get your attention all through chapter one. But God comes and he leans in and listens to the prayers of Jonah. So even in our dark places, in our good times, when church is open, when church is closed, we can still hear from God. God still wants to speak the word to the fact that God will speak a word into your situation. God spoke to the fish In the end of chapter 2, when it looks bad, and we're looking through our binoculars at Jonah's situation, and we're saying, is it bay watch? And God said, no, it's God's watch. God speaks to the fish, and the fish barfs Jonah right into the middle of his situation. God barfs Jonah right where he should be. He doesn't make him pay extra dues. He doesn't make him pay extra time. But God puts him right where he belongs. Can I get an amen in the comments? Come on, give me some amens in the comments. Now as we spoke two weeks ago, we dealt with Jonah chapter three. And I would theme this chapter as the power of a second chance. Or the power of another chance. Because if you mess up on your second time, there's good news. God will still give you another chance. If there's life in your body, if you are breathing, if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you are ready to surrender your life to Him, there's power available to give you another chance. So we see in the beginning of Jonah chapter three, that God speaks again because God still speaks in 2020. He spoke in 2019. He spoke in 2018. He's been speaking, and we have to position ourselves to be listening. It doesn't matter if we need to fast. It doesn't matter if we need to just take some time and cut some things off. God wants to give us a second chance because in 2020, more than ever, there's a people in America, across the entire world, that God is looking for willing vessels that will be ministers to draw others to repentance. Will it be you? If you're willing to be used by God, put speak to me in the comments. Come on, speak to me in the comments. And so the story goes on, Jonah. Go back to Nineveh, the same place. He went to the fish. Nineveh being the place that when you look at the derivative, they serve the fish guy. Jonah gives them a fish story. Jonah gives them a fish testimony. He said, What kind do you want? Filet of fish? You want salmon? You want some bass? You want some catfish? I got a story for you. I've been swallowed by a whale. It's about 40 feet long. I stink, my breath stinketh. I still smell like fish. My skin is bleach. And it looks like if Hollywood got a hold of this script, if the Hallmark company got a hold of this script, the Book of Jonah would finish with chapter three, why? Because we see someone falls down, we see another chance, and we see God gets the glory. And it looks great, just like a fairy tale ending. But God is not like us. God is not like most people. He's not interested in getting the ratings. God is interested in us getting it right. So we see in Jonah chapter 4, God is trying to help us learn how to deal with life, how to manage situations, how to deal with uncomfortable seasons. Because if we don't get it, we'll have to repeat it. So there are three different types of ways of how you, how I, and how we. Learn in life. Number one, we learn by experience. That means the things that we went through, no matter how old you are, you, have should, you should have went through experiences in life that should have taught you a few things. A few things not to do, a few things you should do, a few bad things in your experience has now given you the lesson to be able to grow. Area number two of what we can learn, we can learn by example, which is awesome. That means we don't have to go in debt. It means we don't don't have to taste and try every drug out there to understand that those things might mess you up. Or we can see and glean from someone doing well. And we say, you know what? That's a good example. That's a bad example. And it's not worth me going through and I can take from the experience of a deacon. I can take from the experience from a member of the church. I can take from the experience of one of my coworkers and I can take from that example without having to go through life to get the experience and to be better. And then number three, we can learn by explanation. We can go to school and get educated. We can get a trade. We can go to YouTube. We can do all of these various things to be able to help us. And that's why we need mentorship. Put mentorship in the comments. One of my favorite pastors, he says all the time, mentorship allows you to go to school at the expense of someone else's tuition,
2: ooh,
4: mm. I got my wife here, she can't even co- keep quiet on that one. Listen, mentorship allows you to go to school at the expense of someone else's tuition. Don't raise your hand, don't put in the comments and say I got student loans. Mentorship, when they've already paid the bills and you through proximity, through connection, through fellowship, can gain the experience, and God is trying to show us every chapter of Jonah because some of us are living in chapter one, some of us are living in chapter two, some of us are in the middle of chapter three, and some of us are in chapter four. So the question I have for you, if we can be honest, with your actions and your decisions. Do you have the heart of man or do you have the heart of God? So go with me real quick as we step into Jonah chapter four. Let's start with the last verse of Jonah chapter three, verse 10. Go ahead and put this on the screen real quick. It says, when God saw what they had done and who they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. And then Jonah chapter four, verse one, Jonah said, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. Jonah. And he became very angry. Point number one, we see God's interruptions. Jonah just preached an awesome eight-word message. He did the least and God did the most. God is bringing revival to the place of Nineveh, the ones that everybody wanted to die. And God moves on their behalf And instead of celebrating, instead of being a part of the party and everyone going around saying Hercules to Jonah and and giving him praise and adoration, and instead of him willing to disciple, to be able to help, to be involved, to understand that I have received grace and now you can receive grace, Jonah is still angry. So when Jonah was ready to go off and be happy about their destruction. God's interruption. Have you ever thought God was doing (laughs) something one way? Then, as soon as you get comfortable, he pulls the rug right from under your feet. Can I just take two minutes? um, Just you know, talk about all of the joys of not being able to have church today in person with everybody. And we've seen since we've returned that so many people have been answering the altar call. People have been serving. That we're sitting on the sideline. We've seen God remain faithful and bring in new partners week after week and i am so excited and i said lord we've made it through the shutdown things are going well we are back up and running people are here and now it feels like god pulled the pulled the fast one on it and if i can be honest i prayed i fasted i strategized but Lord, I was upset. God, I was trying to figure out, what are you doing? Look at our people, they're growing. Even last week, Pastor Virginia ministering the word, Pastor Aldeen was getting ready to come with it, Pastor Drew had one in the queue, there's been other people, deacon ordination services, all of these things, God was organically growing our church to make it healthy, and now we're dealing, in my mind and probably in your mind, an interruption. And what God had to show me during this time, I wanted a long, drawn out explanation. I wanted a lot of scriptures. I wanted to have a brand new vision of what he was going to be able to do for us and campuses and people and how all of this was going to work out. And he responded back to my heart with two words Trust me. Trust me who's had to trust God this year? Things were getting better and you just feel like you just felt down the ladder where it's almost like you just got knocked off your feet. God, things were going well. Things were starting to progress. Boom. Trust me. And he said, this is a God's interruption. Remember Gideon? When I had to use Gideon to be able to help and to deliver my people and Gideon was sitting there feeling defeated and I talked and spoke into his spirit and said you're a mighty man of valor, go and get some men and you're gonna destroy the Midianites and that God interruption where it looked nice when Gideon first had 32,000 men and Gideon was walking with his shoulders down and then got some swag cause he had 32,000 people with him. And then God said, nope, another interruption. Cut your men down from 32,000 to 300 because that's all I need to do my work. Or what about David? someone that was anointed to be king as a teenager and had to wait years and even decades to be able to see the promise fulfilled. He killed Goliath and still had to wait years to trust God. Now, you would think if I killed Goliath, and everybody ran from Goliath. As soon as I knocked down the biggest opponent, I should be the king. And God said, nope. Trust me. And year after year, the person that was occupying his seat, 21 attempts, he was tried, Saul tried to kill David, and David remained faithful. And when God said, trust me, or where my ladies at, how about the mother of Jesus? Mary, a lady that remained sexually pure her entire life, finally gets engaged on the way to have her moment. And God, whew, an angel visits and said, you're going to have to trust me on this one. I know you ain't had no sex with anyone, but you're about to get pregnant by God. It's going to be weird. It's going to be awkward. A few people may want to stone you, and you haven't even done anything. But this is a God's interruption, and you are going to have to trust me. Church, right now, this is our trust me moment And we have to respond in obedience. We have to respond following God. Because if we trust him right now, we have to have faith for the future. We have to have faith to get to the other side. And we understand if we've been doing things the right way, honoring the Lord, trusting him, serving his kingdom, serving his people, that this is just a temporary season. God is asking you to look at your perspective. I know it doesn't look like it, but I'm working this out. See, when we doubt God's wisdom, when we doubt and we begin to not trust him, that's when we get into trouble. And so are we like Jonah, angry, frustrated, and upset, and if you go, if you could put verse number two on the screen, this is what happens to most of us, right? This is Jonah, in verse number one, he said he was angry, now in verse number two, he just keep it 100, so he complained to the Lord about this, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to anger, and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying the people. Woo! Have you had had a real conversation with God like that? You just told him how you feel. You told him about your business. And then in verse number three, here's the part that started to trip me out. Jonah, after all that God has done for him, he said, you can just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. If what I predicted will not happen. So now this is a pride thing, right? Because Jonah said, hey, Nineveh will be destroyed in 40 days. And Jonah said, if you're gonna save them, you should just go ahead and kill me. And as we do a heart check right now, because God is trying to get us healthy, God wants to get us whole, why are you angry? Is it fear? See, we don't like to say we're angry. We try to look at some of the byproducts. It may be fear. I think that's the first one on the screen, fear. Which is a trigger of anger. And we're not talking about just fear of the normal stuff. There are social fears. There are family fears. There is peer pressure. There is fear of embarrassment or fear of failure, which can lead to other emotions, and we start to act out, and we start to act crazy, and we don't mean it, and it's fear, but it's actually the anger. Are you afraid? Are you saying you're afraid, but the truth is you're angry? Nineveh, I wanted Nineveh to die. I wanted the people to fill in the blank. Jonah wanted justice, and God wants to give the same thing he gave Jonah, grace. Jonah is mad because he feels like he got played by God. Jonah is mad. He's saying, you know what? If I would have never went to Nineveh, these people would be on their way to dying. And God, you've played me and I'm angry. Or it may not be fear. And your anger, which has been what your pastor has experienced this week, Frustration. Frustration. A lot of frustration. And that frustration comes from anger. And we feel bad. And maybe it has nothing to do with church. Maybe you're frustrated because of work. And you feel like you're pulling all of the weight. You're underpaid. You're overworked. Or maybe it's family. We're now... This whole year you've been pulling all of the weight and you've just been asking for help. Can I get some help? Do I gotta keep reminding you this over and over again? Do I gotta remind you this again and you're frustrated? Or your frustration is because you feel like you lost power over the situation. And when you feel powerless Definitely if you're a type A pers- personality, there's anger. There's rage, there's frustration because you feel like you've lost control. And Jonah, your frustration can be so high that your anger is at a whole nother level and it's because we become preoccupied with ourselves versus what God wants us to do. And then there's area number three. Why are you angry? You're hurting. You're dealing with pain. It could be physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. And when you feel hurt and you're upset, I did some counseling this week. No one at the church, so don't go crazy. Where there's a situation where there's adultery involved, and the man was hurt, and he felt just like Jonah. I would prefer to just die right now. I'm embarrassed. I'm hurt. All that I've invested, X amount of years, and he's angry. And I say, hey, I know it feels like the rug has just been pulled off, but you gotta trust. You gotta understand that God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with this situation, but you gotta trust. What can I do to help? What can I do to work alongside you? But do not allow this anger to fester. You can have a moment, We can talk it out right now, we can be angry, but the Bible tells us to sin not. And when we focus on our pain, I've learned that we can't see purpose. We magnify pain and then purpose becomes so little. So Jonah, such as many of us, even Judas, The only control we feel like we have left is we wanna die. All right, let's go to verse number four. Pay attention, verse number four. We're gonna read four and five. Pay attention, I need to go deeper. If you want me to go deeper, put deeper in the comments. Verse number four and verse number five. The Bible says, then the Lord replied, is it right? Is it right for you to be angry about this? Verse number five, it says, Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. Oh, sookie, sookie now. So here it is. God asked the question. Jonah do you actually think it's right for you to be in your feelings right now? I need you to get out of your feelings and get into faith. And Jonah, look at verse number five again. It says, Jonah went to the east side. Jonah, where's my chair? Here we go. Jonah went to the east side. He left, he is not in Nineveh. He's on the side chilling. Jonah has his popcorn, and Jonah is watching to see in 40 days. It's about to go down. I can't wait. I don't like these people. They get on my nerves, and I am going to chill right here. Jonah is in his lawn chair watching just like a movie to see In 40 days, their destruction. And the light bulb came on. And I said, what's going on here? See, Jonah, his anger, because he didn't deal with it, because he didn't deal with his fear, because he did not deal with his emotions and his pain, Jonah... Y'all ready for this? His anger is now fueled by prejudice. I will stop and pause. Jonah, anger is fueled by prejudice. It, It just got thick in the room here. Prejudice. Have you not seen this year... The tension and the anger has now started to reveal people prejudice. Racism, injustice. Jonah is prejudice. He hates the people of Nineveh. And we have to be careful as people. I didn't say preference. We're going to like what we like, and the things we don't like, that's okay. But we should not be prejudiced towards anybody on this earth. And Jonah's anger is now in a place of prejudice that he can't even see it. He's upset. He doesn't like them. When you're wishing for people to die, And for some of us, we would say, oh, I'm not prejudiced. Let me ask you a question. You're prejudiced, or you have a form of prejudice, if you expect God to treat any type of people different than another type of people. Whether it's a person, whether it's a group of people, it is wrong when we treat people different than God treats them. If you're doing that, it's prejudice. You need to repent, you need to ask God to clean your heart, you need God to be able to expose you of your presumptions, your biases. Yes, there have been things that we've all been through, whether it's through bullying, there's things that we see in the news, whether it's been prejudice or our own things that we have experienced at work. And God is saying for 2020, these last 100 days of the year, he wants to do the work in your soul. God's grace is for every race. Put that in the comments. God's grace is for every race. Black, white, Asian, Spanish, whatever you wanna call it. All of us, God's grace is available. And he has to do the work. And see what happens, it reminds me of the prodigal son. Where we see Jonah as a type and shadow of the older son. And we see Nineveh as a type and shadow of the prodigal son. We come to the point in life when we get comfortable and we start to judge and point fingers. And as we saw with the prodigal son that wanted his inheritance in advance, wanted to leave God's presence, wanted to leave God's kingdom. And he goes and he enjoys and he has the good life. He goes to the club, he goes find his women, he gets a whole bunch of friends and life is good with no supervision. Life is good with no accountability and everything was going well as a teenager and as a young adult but sooner or later our actions, grace does not erase the consequences and the prodigal son is now dealing with his decisions and he comes to his senses like we all do when we wake up whether it's at the bottom of a pig pen, like the prodigal son, or like Jonah that was at the bottom of the well. Where party time comes over and the prodigal sons, you say, you know what? I know who I am, but I know whose I am. I'm going home. And he goes home and the father welcomes him with open arms. And he said, you know what, it's party time. You've messed up, you've made mistakes, but you're forgiven. And the party starts. However, the older brother is so in his feelings that he misses out on the entire celebration. He's outside working, you know, slaving for Jesus, doing the hard work for Jesus. And there's a party going on to celebrate a son coming home, celebrating Nineveh, giving their heart back to God. And just like Jonah, just like the older brother, the anger missed out. When you're angry, you miss out on what God wants to do for his people. Anger gets you out of alignment. He was supposed to be at the party. Jonah was supposed to be there to help in their conversion process. But because of anger, because of a heart that was not right, he missed out. Let me just show you one verse just to remind you, when you deal with anger, the Bible says, don't, just look at the screen. Luke chapter 15, verse 25. It says, meanwhile, the older son was in the field working. When he returned home, he heard the music dance, he heard the music and dancing in the house. It goes on to talk about that the older son, it's like he has to go get a servant. He say, "Yo, what's going on at the crib? It's party over. There. It's a party over there. Why wasn't I invited?" And he gets told, "Oh, you're older. Your younger brother is back." And instead of being excited, instead of going home and say, "You know what? I miss my bro. He's here. He stays in the field." Because when you are angry, You can't enjoy the party. When you are angry, you miss out on what God wants to do. And what happens, this is what we like to do, right? Um, I've said this before. It's like anger. We try to blow out. We think if we blow out somebody else's candle, we think our light is going to shine brighter. I'm going to say that again. If you try to blow out somebody else's candle you're not going to shine any brighter. God has nothing. God wants nothing to do with that. So we see with anger point number two, that my disappointment may actually be God's appointment. We get upset. I may be upset. But what if God is working something on the other side. Have you developed an angry bird syndrome? Have you developed a level of hatred that you can't participate in God's party? Have you become so self-absorbed, so self-centered when things don't work out for you and you realize that you're not the main character in the story, that you get upset, and God is trying to work something out to bring glory and honor to your kingdom. And He wants you to participate, and instead, you pass on the celebration. All right, back to the test. Let's go ahead and locate real quick. Jonah, chapter 4, verse 6. Let's look at verse 6 through 10. When I say God's appointment, there's an operative word I want you to see that comes up over and over again. It's highlighted. It says arrange. Here we go. Look at this. Come on. Put it on the screen. And the Lord arranged a leafy plant to grow there. And as soon as it spread, it's broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort. And Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Verse number seven, but God also, there it is again, arranged for the, a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. Hmm. Verse number eight, and as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished for the fourth time to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Verse number nine. And then God said to Jonah, again, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Uh-oh. And then in verse number 10, then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant. Through You did, you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. Okay, so there's a few things here. Jonah, while he's sitting on the east, while we can have a crabby attitude, we can have a bad moment, we see God still working at Jonah's heart. God creates a plant. And on a hot day, the plant provides shade. But then when you see in the next verse that God says, you know what? I'm going to show you that I'm a provider But then I'm going to show you that I'm in control. So God sends a worm to eat the plant. And Jonah became upset. And God is trying to show us, Jonah, you are having a bad season. This is not going to be a bad year for you. This is not the end of the world. It is a bad season season Jonah you are more upset about the plant than people Jonah is mad he's upset he's saying this is not fair and the question is what is your plant what is your plant what is the thing that you hold on to dearly that you even value it more than people is it your car your house, your job, the church. What's more important, it or people? Jonah, you you felt more of a connection with a plant that was only there for one day versus people, legacy, generation, history, heaven, and hope. And you are more emotionally upset and frustrated for it. We do it with our cars. You'd be ready to fight if somebody parked too close to you. you get mad if somebody don't take off their shoes in your house. But then we become callous. We become ah, oblivious to people that are lost and are dying. Maybe they're on your timeline. Maybe they're in your family. You say, you know, that's just always Uncle Jojo. Uncle Jojo always tripping. Uncle Jojo gonna keep drinking. Uncle Jojo gonna keep cussing people out. And maybe you don't have him make an Uncle Jojo. Maybe you have an Uncle Billy that's cutting up, that's doing all of these things and you're worried about Your household only. And God is saying, no, you need to be impacted. You need to be affected. And just as I continue to pursue you, you need to pursue them. And Jonah still with his lip out, upset, mad. And God has to check him you have more pity on a plant than people. You didn't raise the plant, you didn't feed the plant, you didn't create the plant, you didn't buy the plant, and now, if I'm gonna care about the plant, how can I neglect my creation? Because in this year, God is more concerned about holiness than our happiness. Mm. God is concerned about his holiness. Holiness is still the standard. This year has been challenged, this year has been rough, and we've been living in this age of grace and just doing whatever, however, whenever, and God is saying, come back, to holiness. My word of God is still the standard. My 66 books will still give you life. I want you to live it. I want you to walk like it. I want you to talk like it. I want you to deny yourself. I want you to pick up your cross and I want you to follow me. Holiness, joy, peace, meekness. God is not interested in our happiness. Happiness is based on external, but joy and holiness comes from the the inside. That for all of us, we're learning how to be still and know that He is God. So you may be experiencing a bad season. You may see things that are not working out in your way. And God said, just like he took care of the plant that God planted Nineveh. And God protected Nineveh. And God spared Nineveh. And God has the right to choose, to bless, to favor anybody he wants because we are all his creation. He has to do us right. God can heal. God can set free. But we, as the people of diversity, have to continue to believe. So the Bible goes on, and you can put this on the screen in verse number 12, uh, in verse number 11, the Bible says, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all of the animals or children. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? So as God, and as I've mentioned before, why are you angry? God wants you to give him another chance today I don't know what your it is, I don't know what the situation is. And when you read this passage, the crazy part is, in verse number 12, no matter of fact, there is no verse number 12. The story of Jonah ends just like that. We don't know what Jonah decides to do We don't know if Jonah starts to forgive. And I think what God is trying to say to us in our last point, you gotta make a decision. What's gonna be your decision? You have the opportunity to create verse number 12. Is your decision to choose life? is your decision to deal with unforgiveness. I know it's not easy, and it's hard, and the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter six, in verse number 14, Jesus speaks to our heart. It's not gonna be on the screen. Matthew chapter six, if you look at this passage, Jesus tells us, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. There's a condition here. This is not something that just happens. God is saying, you have to forgive those who sin against you if you want to be forgiven. And the Bible goes on in verse number 15, it says, but if you refuse... To forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. You got to make a decision. Put make a decision in the comment. What will your decision be? Will you choose to live a life like Jonah? Or will you choose to live a life? like Jesus. God knows. How can I say this? The Bible in the New Testament often discuss a spiritual discipline. It's not easy. It takes work. It's just like working out. It is a muscle that we all have to build up called forgiveness. Spiritual discipline is forgiveness we live in an imperfect world. We live with imperfect people. And we experience and we pay the price for other people's decisions. We have co-signed. We are paying debt. We are dealing with baby mama or baby father drama because of their hurt, because of their pain, and as long as we live in a lost and fallen world we will have to exercise the spiritual muscle of forgiveness make a decision Jesus is our example Jesus is our model Jesus forgave people even when they weren't even sorry. Jesus forgave people that didn't even request it. Jesus forgave people that were not even aware of it. What did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. But Jesus, and his last act, before he dies, forgives. And we have to make a decision. If there's anything from the book of Jonah, when we hear, it's my fault. The next step is, I forgive you. Doesn't mean you have to trust It doesn't mean you have to revisit. But forgiveness means to pardon. It means to release them of the debt. There are certain things that have been done to me. There has been certain things that have been done to you that it doesn't matter if they had all of the money in the world. They couldn't pay you back the time, the hurt. But God has called us to forgive. So we gotta forgive because we have been forgiven. We have to forgive because holding on to grudges don't make us better, it makes us bitter. We have to forgive because grudges don't make you stronger, grudges, unforgiveness makes you more upset and enraged and we do things that we really don't want to do. Forgiving others is not a sign of weakness, but being forgiven and forgiving others makes us free. And then most of all, we need to forgive, church, because we're gonna need more forgiveness in the future. I have not arrived yet. You have not arrived yet. And God wants to give you the abundance of His grace and love when you're willing to forgive. Wherever you are, I'm going to ask for you to bow your heads. This has been a challenging series for me, for you, in dealing with the ebbs and flows of life and us all trying to work through this together. And God wants to know whatever chapter that you're in, whether you're resisting Him, or rebelling from Him, or you feel like you're at rock bottom, or you need to do some work within your soul, I need you to say, first of all, that it's my fault. I need you in this moment to say, Lord, give me another chance. I need you in this moment to say, I receive your grace and your mercy. So Father, right now, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Father, that this will be a cleansing series for your people. We have hurt people. We have people that have hurt each other, whether it's family, whether it's friends, and today is the day of a new beginning. Lord, right now, for the people of Diverse City, that you're making us whole again. We repent for every sin, for every iniquity, for every transgression, for any sign, for any trace of prejudice, for unforgiveness, for pain and agony. All of the things that we have been through, Lord, we choose right now to trust you in this moment, and your grace will remain sufficient. While it feels like us being Paul, where there's a thorn on the side of our flesh, we thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient. So, Lord, I pray that we not only become just a receiver, of grace, but we become a dispenser of grace, that we begin to show others for us to be able to grow and expand and to be more like you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that your word does not return void, that your word is working on our hearts, that we, it's not enough for us to gain the whole world, but to lose our soul. So today in this moment, We use it as a point of surrender. We say that it is my fault, and Lord, that you're able to keep us and redirect us. And I thank you, in the name of Jesus, for your righteous men and women of God, that you've replanted us for such a time of this. Lord, I thank you for the lives that are being changed, for those that are being able to see this as an opportunity to recommit back to you. For we thank you, Lord, in advance, the that diversity is in the palm of your hand, that we will continue to be a perfect church of imperfect people with no prejudice that celebrates culture, that celebrates diversity, that celebrates our generalities. And we celebrate to honor you, to worship our King, because you are good and your mercy endures forever. For all the people of God in this place, if you've received something out of this word, put amens in the comments. Please like, please share. There's a lot of things going on. Please continue to email. Give me a call. I want to continue to fellowship with you. We'll be posting on Facebook, on YouTube, and through emails of all of the wonderful things that are going on. Pastor Drew is going to come up for a moment to give you a few quick announcements. And as it's custom at Diversity, we will end with worship. We were created to worship. God bless you and may God keep you until we talk again soon. I love you.
1: Singing over me, you have been so so good to me. Before I took a breath.
3: Pastor James for that awesome, inspiring word. I pray that you would not only get something out of it. I pray that you were uh, uh, convicted if need be. I pray that you were inspired. Uh, I pray that it made you think, and I pray that God really blessed you today. Stay tuned next week, 1030 AM. We will be going live again. Um, So tap in about 1020, 1025. The broadcast will start at 1030 via our Facebook page and YouTube as well Uh, stay tuned throughout the week on our Facebook page uh, the Diversity Facebook page there'll be important news and updates and devotionals and topics like that links to Zoom meetings and all that kind of thing so make sure you pay attention to that and if you haven't already likes, like well you can't really subscribe you can subscribe to the YouTube channel so like and subscribe there Facebook page look it up follow us like uh, all the different uh, videos and everything and check us out But if I don't see you or hear for me between now and next week, God bless you. We love you.